This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, Pet Life Radio fans. Welcome to Cat Boss and Friends. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm your host, the original Cat Boss, Trish Seifert, and I'm joined today by Allie and Courtney both. Thank you guys so much for co-hosting today's episode about false truth in the cat world. Thanks for having me. So excited to be back this week. Awesome. Well, folks, on today's show, we're going to discuss the false truth that cats can't be trained and where in the heck that idea even came from. This is a myth that most certainly needs to be busted and busted right meow. (laughs) So... How does an untrainable animal become the world's second most popular pet to own? Who is really training who? Okay, I know you're on the edge of your seat for this one, so sit and stay, and we'll be right back after this message. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms, and our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Cat Boss and Friends on Pet Life Radio, the only place that you can tune in and make your cat's life better together. I'm your host, Trish, and today we have some breaking news. <laughs> can cats really be trained? The bosses say? Yes. Absolutely. Woohoo. Heck yeah. <laughs> All right. We have three yeses. So, have you guys ever heard of something called the illusory effect or false truth? It's the tendency to believe that false information is correct after repeated exposure. Okay, so researchers found that even when participants knew the correct answer, they were still persuaded to believe otherwise through hearing the repetition of the falsehood. It's the repetition of the statement that makes it easier to process. And so that leads people to believe that the repeated conclusion is more truthful. So let me give you an example. There was an experiment done where they put 10 people in a room and they told 90% of the people that the ceiling was black when in fact the ceiling was white. The purpose was to convince the other people that knew the ceiling was white that it was black. And in fact, it worked. So that's a perfect example of the illusory effect. One of the myths that bother us the most as cat professionals is the myth that cats can't be trained. So where in the heck does that myth even come from and how can it be busted? We definitely know that changing minds and beliefs is difficult, but if you're here, you're probably ready to test that myth and explore training with us. So, and if you believe it as we do, we definitely need your help. So changing you know, others' minds about training, it's the key to doing that is to show them what's possible. 
Just because someone knows that cats can be trained, it doesn't mean they believe it. Here's an example too. Allie and I travel all over the country with our high five cats and there are thousands of people that come up to each cat while they're sitting on a platform and while they're high-fiving other people in these massive conferences and people will walk away and still say, yeah, but you can't really train a cat. And Allie and I just look at each other like, what? Oh, did that just happen? I mean, it's crazy. Allie, I know that you looked at me the first time and thought, did, did that really just happen? My, <laughs> it always baffles me, but my favorite is always either they, if they do believe the cat can be trained, it's, well, it's it's just the treats. What treats are you giving them? Because it's, it's the treats that are making the cat do it, right? Yes, that's definitely what I hear too. And they literally think that it's not the trainers behind the cats, it's just the treats, or it's not the thousands of hours that we put into training our cat. It blows our mind folks but that's a prime example of the illusory effect they hear it they see it they persist in their belief which totally blows my mind so one of our primary goals at cat boss tv is to change how people see cats for the better and if we change what we do to better them then other people will follow too so we set out to bust the myth that cats can't be trained so courtney and Allie, i'm gonna go to you guys what are some common myths that you hear repeated over and over again that simply aren't true. Courtney, you take this one. I hear that old animals can't be trained. That's a very common one. Bogus. That's definitely a myth. You can train any animal at any age, but that's one that we hear a lot. Yeah. What do you see that tells you that animals can still learn at an old age and how does that benefit them when they're old and they're still learning? Well, so cats or any animal, they're just constantly always learning. Actually, I was just doing some live shows with my dogs the past month and uh, I kept getting asked by kids, how long does it take you to train your dog? And I'm like, well, I train it forever. <laughs> I'm always training my dog. He's eight years old and I'm still training him. It doesn't stop just because, you know, they get older, but you can get an animal from a shelter that is already an older animal and you can definitely start training them or you can just start training your pet at home that maybe you thought isn't old enough to start or is too old to start training. Um, it doesn't have to be a young animal. It could be an animal at any age. I think the other important thing with older animals too is that just like any other muscle, like it's very common in the like human fitness world to hear or just in general of if you don't use it, you lose it. And the brain's the same way. It's a muscle just like any other part in your body. So it's important to keep that muscle working to keep it healthy and as young and strong for as long as possible. Agree. Totally. The bosses are spot on, ladies and gentlemen. The bosses are spot on. Okay. So Allie, what about you? What's another one that drives you crazy? <laughs> Yeah, I always love the cats are, I got a cat because they're lower maintenance than dogs, which I, I feel like is a little misleading <laughs> where, I mean, dogs need walks, they need training, they need grooming, enrichment, exercise, affection, etc. The list goes on. I feel like my dogs are constantly needing work, <laughs> uh, but cats really need all of the same things. I would say the biggest difference or the easiest part about owning a cat that makes them sort of lower maintenance would be the fact that you don't have to take them outside to go potty where dogs have to go out rain shine <laughs> blizzard <laughs> any form of dumb weather they have to go outside to go potty which is unfortunate but providing for a cat's mental health is as important as it is for a dog it's become really popular lately i feel like to 
provide that extra enrichment and mental stimulation to dogs and with like puzzles and long hikes where they can sniff and giving them biologically appropriate activities, et cetera, whatever. But when it comes to cats, we don't really see that as much. And we know from dogs that when we don't provide for those mental needs and give them those appropriate outlets to get out their energy and do those things that they need to make them happy, it it causes behavioral issues. And a lot of times we can solve simple behavioral issues through giving them appropriate outlets. But when cats are showing signs of those same behavioral issues from missing out on those things that they need, it's not seen as, oh, the cat is lacking those basic needs that they need. It's seen as the cat is being independent rather than us needing to do more for them. Yeah, I mean, that's totally true. I mean, and nowadays it's becoming a lot more popular to do things like adventure catting, taking your cats on harness walks and training and doing trick training and all, and all of that stuff. And so it's important to keep them happy just like a dog. Yeah, so that was a really great point, Allie. And it made me think, are cats truly independent or do we just allow them to be independent for our convenience, which I think is true. Okay, folks, when we come right back from our quick break, we're going to dive right into that next topic. Molly, here's your dinner. (laughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, friends. If you're just tuning in, we are discussing the illusory effect or false truths that cats can't be trained and if they are truly independent. So what do you guys think? Are cats truly independent or do we just allow them to be independent for our convenience? I don't think any animal is independent, especially if they're living in our house and they're part of our family. So I think some people consider them independent and I think it's definitely convenience. Yeah, it's kind of along that same line of, well, I got the cat because it's the easier of the pets. So I'm just going (laughs) to not do some of the extra stuff that I might maybe should do. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, that begs a question. Are kittens really independent of their mother? No, it's like they're quite needy, but their mom provides a valuable resource and that resource is food. So when we freely give a resource by putting a bowl of food down, we as humans create that independence. So when we take over that new ownership, you know, mother role for the kitten or cat or, you know, recently adopted adult cat, we need to be the provider of those resources. But you know, they just don't come for free. In the wild, a mother would teach their kittens to hunt for their food and to be independent. In doing so, they're satisfying their needs, you know, for exercise and they're satiating get by, you know, 
through hunting by providing that resource of food. But by applying the same principles to domesticated cats, we can use training to teach them to work to hunt for their food and how to engage their brain instead of giving it freely. Yeah, Trish, that reminds me of terriers. A lot of times in the dog world, they're seen as a breed that is untrainable, too independent, stubborn, bullheaded, whatever list goes on. And while terriers were bred to work and hunt on their own a lot of times, independent of humans and therefore are very self-motivated, that doesn't mean we can't learn to use what motivates them. Every animal is motivated by something. I in particular am motivated by ice cream. (laughs) But by finding what motivates them, whether that be something like my dog likes squirrels. So I can use that to my advantage once we have some basic training to kind of compromise with him of, I know you like this thing, but how can we work together so that we both get what we want? And that's pretty cool once you figure that stuff out, being able to take my my stubborn terrier who just wants to do whatever he wants, according to people that don't like to work with terriers. I do a lot of like obedience and stuff with him and being able to take him into an obedience ring and walk out with a, a shiny blue ribbon in a ring full of more traditional obedience dogs like Goldens, Border Collies, Labs, etc. Being able to walk out with a terrier with a with a blue ribbon is pretty cool and exciting and just shows that even if an animal is deemed untrainable, with a little bit of work, they, they can be trained. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, and, and every small step, you know, with training is worth celebrating. So folks, if you're listening to this show and you're thinking about all the things that you would love to fix about your cat that would make your life easier, what would that be? Is your cat scratching your furniture? Are they darting outside uninvited? Are they eating other cats or the dog's food rather? Are they jumping on the counter? Like you name it. So there's definitely things that you can do and that training can help fix that. So we were curious about why people weren't training. So we pulled a few different Instagram accounts and this is what we found. Allie, can you give the results of our poll? Absolutely, Trish. I'd love to. So the very first thing we asked was, can cats be trained? Because obviously, if you don't think cats can be trained, the rest of the answers are going to change depending on what you believe. So with that very first question, 97% of people said yes and 3% said no, which is very good numbers. You're a bunch of smart cookies. <laughs> the next question we asked is, do you train your cat? And 56% of people said yes and 30% said no. So now that we know there's a good portion of people that believe you can train cats, but there's also a good portion of people that aren't training their cat, we wanted to ask what's keeping you from training your cat. So the next question was, why don't you train your cat? And this was broken up and we gave people four options. And the number one reason people weren't was they don't know how, which makes sense. And that's why we're doing this podcast. And we have the cat training app is to give you ways to learn how. The next one was you don't have time or it's inconvenient. And then there's no need to train, which we know isn't true. (laughs) And then cats aren't smart enough, which we definitely know isn't true. We had three people said there's no need to and three people that said cats aren't smart enough. So then we wanted to know if you are wanting to train your cat, but what would help you get started? And some of my favorite answers were seeing positive results. I think this is super important, especially when we're trying something new. Just make sure to take 
whatever you're doing, start small and build up from there. That's going to help you see those positive results. Just like our animals need positive reinforcement, we do too. So start with something as simple as teaching your cat to sit or following a lure or something something along those lines to help yourself and your cat see that your cat can be trained. Oh, and I've learned that I need to have ice cream on hand for you, Ellie. Okay. And so was that it? That was it for the rest of the poll? The other answers were needing more time, which don't we all? And then having tips and tricks would help them get started in training, which again, part of the reason that we are doing this podcast, we want to help you get those tips and tricks so that you can be successful and see those positive results in your training. Okay, awesome. Thank you, Allie, for those amazing results. And they're so fascinating. Courtney, would you address some of the the most popular reasons or the no time or it's too inconvenient to train your cat? Maybe just kind of talk to our audience a little bit about those things. Yeah, sure. We were talking about myths before, but uh, so it's kind of a myth too that you don't have time because you're already kind of working with your cat every day. You just need to change how you're doing that. So most people have a very busy schedule with, you know, kids and different sports and all kinds of different things going on. So they don't want to train their cat because it's going to take a lot of time away from that schedule that's already pretty busy. However, they are actually training their cats every day. They just maybe don't realize it by putting a bowl of food down. It is sort of training the cat, but instead why don't you ask the cat to sit or maybe do a little trick before you offer that food? You can also have some treats with you or have a little bowl of treats beside on your coffee table. And so when you're sitting and watching TV and a commercial comes on because no one wants to watch commercials, they can grab a treat and offer it to the cat and call the cat over and see if the cat wants to do a trick or do even just for attention, just petting and and you know, you're calling them over in a come is also a trick. So you can work with them a little bit like that. Another thing that would be good is to get them used to being in a in a kennel or even a cat bag. So you can, instead of feeding them meals down on the floor, you can put them in a kennel um, and teach the cat to go into a kennel when you ask them to. So there's lots of different ways you can already train your cat and incorporate into your busy schedule without spending that extra time like you don't have to take 30 minutes out of your day to train your cat you can incorporate it into the schedule that you're already doing with your pet yeah i totally agree you know what every interaction is you're reinforcing your cat whatever it's positive or negative it's like cats are continuously evaluating their environment searching for resources and shelters and just taking that extra five minutes to teach them something new or taking that time to play with them with their favorite toy, it can be super valuable for you and for your cat. So that's awesome. But you know, it's definitely in our job as cat owners to find their motivation because it's it's truly one of a kind partnership. So Courtney, what are some benefits to training that can help convince our audience to get going or to start training? Well, as Ali mentioned earlier, it definitely helps keep the brain active, like a muscle working. So it keeps your animal younger, longer. So what I mean by is if you have a 12-year-old cat, it could actually behave and look like a seven-year-old cat just by keeping that brain going. But it also can channel energy. It's a form of an enrichment. It can help with weight control. You can also, believe it or not, help 
with uh, determining the health of your cat because if you offer some treats and to cats' favorite treats and they don't want to take it, there could be a, a red flag there that something could be going on. It also can prevent like different problem behaviors. So like counter surfing, running out the door, scratching on furniture. So sometimes cats are doing things because they're bored. And if they have more enrichment through training, they don't have that boredom as much. Yeah, I always um, I always tell people that and they barely everyone ever believes me that my relationship with my my dogs because of our training is so crazy specific. And like, I know when they aren't feeling good way faster than I would if I wasn't training with them. So like I've had times that I've called the vet and I'm like, this isn't going to make any sense. And there really isn't a lot of signs, but there's something wrong with my dog. And because they know I trained them, they're like, okay. And they bring them in and they almost every time find something wrong with them. Yeah. I actually saved my dog's life recently in the spring because she didn't want to take food. Like she always like scarfs her food down and she didn't really want to take food so I actually rushed her to the emergency because I thought it was this is really strange and there was no other signs. And so while the emergency was doing tests and stuff, they put her on IV fluids and it turned out she had eaten a towel. And by keeping her on IV fluids, we kept her gut rehydrated. So when we did surgery to ha- remove that towel, she didn't actually lose any of her gut because I took such a fast approach at like taking her to the vet. And we it took a while to figure out what was wrong. We didn't know what was wrong, but that IV fluids actually kind of saved her. So knowing that, you know, it could be a life or death situation by knowing your animal that well that you can prevent something. Yeah, that's totally true. You know, so here at Capos headquarters, <laughs> we crate train all of our cats. And so whenever I say, come on, guys, let's go every cat jumps into their crate and that's where they eat if we're not able to train because that's a a super fast way like Courtney and Allie were saying to identify health issues or concerns with your cat. You can monitor their weight um, by making sure that they're only eating their food, but you can identify, you know, UTIs, uh, urinary tract infections, very easy or something's just off with your cat when they're not eating. So it's a super great way to double up on kennel training and then manage their weight and all of that stuff. So training definitely has those benefits for sure. And it also just builds a better bond with your with your animal. So thank you, Allie and Courtney, for sharing that. Folks, we have a blog on our website. It's called Why You Should Train Your Cat. And you know what? Believing is sometimes seeing the result and the action. If you're just starting or advanced in your training journey, we want you to share those accomplishments with our followers on Instagram and Facebook. So whenever they see your accomplishments with their with your cats, it definitely gives them greater confidence in their abilities to start training their cats. I think too, I mean, when we first started this, we talked about the illusory effect and how it's the repetition of false truths that causes people to believe it. I think this exact same is true for true truths of the more you see something happens, the more you're going to think it's obtainable. So the more of you that share your training journey, the more other people and the more we share our training journeys, the more people are going to believe that they also can train their cat. Yeah, that's true. And we'll also address some of the other barriers to training in the future podcast. And we have some other tools for you guys to get going today. But let me ask you this. Do you follow us on social media at Cat Boss TV? If you don't, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can post your videos and even ask us questions and then show everyone your success, like Allie was saying. So 
We have a private Facebook group to help you with your training journey. You have direct access to the bosses. You can ask us any question. And then we make that available to the people who purchase our training marks and our mobile app. So we will let you right in that group. But Allie, I think it's time, and Courtney, I think it's time to announce the first winner of our first podcast, Social Media Contest. And the winner is, drumroll please, Don Carlson out of Franksville, Wisconsin. Congratulations, you are the proud new owner of one of the famous Cat Boss TV training marks to help you teach your cat a lot of tricks in our mobile app. Thank you for sending us a video of Simon. Yay, Simon! <laughs> and for those of you that didn't win a mark, you can find them on our website at catbosstv.com. Also, be sure to check out the Cat Boss TV training app with over 50 tricks with step-by-step video instructions from the cat boss herself for a one-time fee of $3.99, which tip, that's just our introductory fee. So if you want it at the lowest it will be, get it now. <laughs> and for those of you who are, who are Android users, getting it as soon as possible, hopefully soon. I also want to mention that training and community, Trish brought up earlier our Facebook group, whether you are have been training for years or just got a new kitten, Having people to bounce ideas off of is one of the best ways to improve your skills. And that's exactly why we started the private Facebook training group. So that people who are new to training or have been training for a while, regardless, you're just able to share your successes and your struggles and whatnot. We want to make sure that we're we're in this together. So if you're feeling stuck or want to share your accomplish accomplishments, definitely be sure to join us there. Allie, you know, that was such a great point. There are so many examples of cats who have been trained and are successful at training. If you look around, you'll just see cats like in live performances on stage. Courtney just had her cats in her live performances in Canada. There's examples of like the rock cats who travel the country and play in a band on stage. There's cats like the Savitsky cats who performed in America's Got Talent, cats in film and TV like we do, therapy cats who comfort the sick in nursing homes. So to me, ladies, I think we have busted the myth, but we might still have some work to do to convince people that they are just capable of doing it. And you know what, folks? Try not to focus on the big picture and just take a small step forward to make a huge difference in your daily routine. Well, folks, we're about out of time. Thank you, Ellie and Courtney, for helping me bust those myths about cats that can't be trained. One of the false truths that we did not cover in this episode is that cats need a bowl of food 24-7. That's not true. But we touched on that a little bit when we busted the myth that cats are just too independent to train. So next week, we're going to go into greater depth on the proper way to use food as a motivator and other tools you need to start training your cat. So thank you so much for joining us today. I'd like to thank our producer, Mark Winter, for making this show possible. Chat with you on the next episode of Cat Boss and Friends. High five, cat bosses. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.